In the Gospel of John, chapter 21, Jesus looks at Peter and asks him a question that I believe he's still asking each and every one of us today. He asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? It was a question he asked him not once, not twice, but rather three different times, and you can kind of tell by Peter's response that he was a little annoyed by that question. Or at least being asked three times, he was annoyed. Because he said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus responded, well, then prove it and feed my sheep. It was a question that Jesus was looking for more than just a lip service. He was looking for proof to back up what he was just told. And I think if Jesus was to look at you and ask you the same question face to face, your response would probably be the same thing. Lord, you know I love you. I believe you exist. I try to be a good person. I go to church during the holidays. But here's the catch to that question. Where is the proof that you sincerely love God the way that you tell everybody you do? What I find is that many people tend to hang their eternal salvation on God's love for them when they should be focusing on their love back in return for God. Because God's love by itself is not what gets you into heaven. If that was the case, everybody would be going to heaven. Rather, it's your love in return for His love that actually allows you to cross over that threshold on that day. That's the key ingredient right there. Your love in return to Him. And I think many people mistakenly base their eternal security on the fact that a loving God would never send anyone to hell who believes that He exists. Now in Mark chapter 7, verses 6 and 7, Jesus said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. What he was telling us is that what they say and what they do are entirely two different things. And you have to ask that question to yourself, is your heart right with God? Do you love Him? Because if you don't take time to cross-examine your heart in light of the scriptures, how can you be 100% certain that you do love Him? At some point in your life, you must outwardly demonstrate to the world and behave in a way that reflects what you say you have for God, which is love. And I truly believe this is where many people end up missing the point. They do not understand that they have an obligation to love God back, and some people just don't understand the true depths of love. Now I know for myself personally that I understand love differently today than I did 30 or 40 years ago. When I was a teenager, love was an emotion that was here one minute, gone the next. The person that I couldn't stand being away from for just 24 hours, three months down the road, I couldn't even stand to look at. Now, I may be wrong when I say this, but I don't believe that I am. Most parents would probably agree with this statement. And that is, I don't know that you can fully understand the true depths of love until after you've become a parent. For instance, when my daughter was born, uh, the first time that I held her, those emotions are simply indescribable. It's the greatest feeling of the world. But you fast forward three months down the road, when you're not getting sleep because you're up changing diapers or, or taking care of her, those emotions tend to wear off pretty quickly. And then you're left to deal with the reality of what love really is, and that is a death to self. It's obedience. It gives up your wants and needs to take care of somebody else. And that's exactly what God did. He demonstrated His love for us by giving His Son. God didn't just say He loved us, He demonstrated it. In Mark chapter 8, 34, Jesus said, Whoever 
desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take this cross, and follow me. It means you're required to give up your wants and your needs to take care of those that you say that you love. And I think when you're married and you've had kids, you begin to understand this a little better because you understand that love is a long-term commitment that stands the test of time. It stays there and stays committed through thick and through thin, through good and through bad. It's truly what love is based upon. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, well then keep my commandments. And it's a big if, because not everybody loves God. And if you were to be honest with yourself up to this point, there's probably more evidence to convict you than to acquit you. Because I think it's in our human nature to be self-centered in the first place. Most people will only run to God when things are going wrong. When we should be spending time with him every day in his word and in prayer and finding out what he desires for our lives. Jesus said in Mark 12:30 that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and with all our strength. This is the first commandment. So getting back to that first question that we had, and that is, do you love God? What portion of your heart has God captured? Is it 10%? Is it 5%? It's really only a question that you can answer. I can't do it for you. But I can't overemphasize how imperative it is that you do answer that question. The one thing that we all have in common, despite our denominational differences, our race, our gender, is that we're all born into this world with an expiration date. And some of us are closer to that date than others. And I can assure you that age has absolutely nothing to do with that. Death will show no favoritism. There are those in their 20s who are closer to that line than those who are in their 70s. And we're all going to pass from this world into the next and have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And the denomination that we belong to or the fact that we believe that God exists will have absolutely nothing to do with that. Whether or not you loved him will, however. And I find that really people fall into three different categories. There's the person who will wake up every day, they don't know if God exists, and they don't, they don't care if God exists. They just live life the way they want and do what they want. You have the second person who believes in God. Maybe they go to church you know, during the holidays, they believe he exists. They live life the way they want. They do what they want when they want, and they use God's grace as a big cover-up for their sin. And then you have the third person, which is the person who's captured God's heart, and that is those who open up the Word and say, Father, show me through your Word, through the Holy Spirit, what you desire for my life. And they begin to uncover things, and when they find out things like, the Bible says that I should not lie. Well, Father, help me to not lie anymore. And as I begin to pursue that obedience, when I fall short, I can then run to him and say, Father, forgive me. I missed it in this area. That's the person who sincerely loves God.